Welcome to the Take and Read podcast. My name is Chad, and uh, for this week, this episode is going to be in two parts. Uh, my time with Bernie Calcote was so good, and uh, I wanted to, and it went long, but it's a good long. It's it's a, it was such a good conversation. So we put it into two parts. So let's jump in. Part one. When you think about the profound influence of the Bible on the world, the way that it has shaped our culture, whether you're a follower of Christ or not, it's probably a good idea that you know at least what it says. It's going to be about us taking and reading the Bible. I get to have a friend that I've been excited to introduce you to if you don't know him yet, Bernie Calcote. Uh, is with us today and say hi, Bernie. Hello, everyone out there in the metaverse world. <laughs> the That's metaverse. where we all live now, right? The metaverse. That's what we yeah. are all a part of. And yeah, we have these this life out there, and then we have this life here. The, the real life where this I can is touch, real life. I can yeah. really touch. If you. you're listening, Bernie, just <laughs> copped a feel of my right arm, and but I welcomed it. It was okay. I enjoy that. <laughs> So here on the Take and Read podcast, uh, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. We we take and we read the Bible. Uh, here you're gonna you're gonna see two guys who have been transformed by the living God. We have met Jesus, and we are not the same because of that. And we believe the Word of God to be His very communication to us, and so we go to it for life. And we believe it is true, it is good, and it is beautiful. And that it is something that we can come to on a daily basis and be refreshed and get guidance from. But before we do that, before we take and read, yeah, uh, Bernie, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, we met uh, through the mutual friend of Granger Smith. We had mm-hmm. both been guests on his podcast in the metaverse. Mm-hmm. And then there was this sweet we moment. Gotta, we got to stop using that because I am... Publicly now saying I am against the metaverse. I think it is going to be, I think it's going to take us off the rails as human beings. So let that go on the record, but then continue. That is on the record. So there may come a day when the Take and Read podcast is only live and in person around a campfire in the mountains. Love it. And yeah. But yeah, so we we met via Granger. Um, I got to listen to you talk with Granger on that podcast and um form the man crush on mm. Pastor Chad and be like, dude, this guy is legit and he's funny <laughs> too on top of it. Um and so then we got to meet in person at the one hundred episode and uh yeah, And I kind of fanned out on you a little bit. I got excited that I did. was seeing you in person because I'd I'd tuned into yeah, the it, podcast. And sorry Granger now we've cut you out and <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Just kidding, I wonder buddy. if he's sad, like, hey, these were both my friends, and now they're <laughs> friends, and now they hang out, and they don't invite me. Uh, if you have that question, you should ask Granger that on his podcast. That's not what we do here. Yeah. Um, but shout out to him for introducing Absolutely. us. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, to Parker and the other awesome guests that he has on his spot. Yeah. So we met, and it's only been a few months. That's right. Yeah. And we got tacos. We got tacos and we went deep and here we we are. Um, So uh, a little bit about me. What do you want to know? What part? So uh, you married, have kiddos, but what I want to know, 
um, is tell me a little bit about maybe what you do for a living because I don't want people to get the sense that I have folks on here that are professional Christians, right? That are pastors or missionaries or, you know, that somehow they, you know, that's their, their daily. But to realize that for you that that's not your vocation and you're a dude and yeah i'm the dude of all dudes so i feel like i am going to relate and connect more with just the average everyday person out there that um, comes and meets with pastor chad because i want to know more about the word and i i know he has studied it a lot more than i have and has context that I'm not aware of. And so I'm probably going to ask a lot of questions now yeah. that I'm thinking about it on this. Um, anything that I do contribute, um, I, I really hope to just do in a really humble way. Um, I'm, I'm in process. I try to start things with, um, I believe and not say this is it, but well, my faith is a belief. I believe this and I yeah. may believe it with all my heart, but it is, my belief at this moment in time and what God has revealed to me at this time. And I know that everybody out there is kind of on uh, a different journey, you know, in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's why you're here because you, like me, um, just want to understand the scripture more. And we know that the way to do that is to kind of dig in deep and ask some uh, harder questions and yeah. just really sit with those questions and kind of maybe throw out some ideas. They're like, well, that's, no, that's, that's, that couldn't be, that's because of this and just kind of wrestle with it. Yeah. Um, so I, what I appreciate about you, Bernie is just from the get go is this indication. I come humbly. I don't presume to be an expert on any of this stuff. I just, I love the Lord. I want to read the Bible and understand it to the best of my ability and however he helps me understand and reveal that reveals that to me. Um, and so that's just hear his heart in that. Um, and that's, that's what I've known about Bernie ever since I met him is a desire to be faithful to the Lord and to understand what he can. And so, yeah, thank you for that. Um, I'm excited to be here. Like I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know you and just the conversations we've had, have been very encouraging to me and my faith in kind of the the sphere of influence that I'm in. Um, so I am in the business world, um, mainly in construction. Um, my wife and I live in Austin, so just a little south, a little small town south of Georgetown. That's right. Um, and so yeah, my my day to day is not in uh, vocational ministry, I guess you called it, right? But uh, in the marketplace, in you know building and renovating homes for people. Um, we own a few different companies um, that kind of do various things. And so we are really trying our best, Leslie, my wife and I, we are trying our best to be led by the spirit, guided by the word to be a good steward of the influence and the resources that we've been given uh, to just empower and inspire people to reach their full potential. Yeah, I, I mean, we could really fill an entire podcast time period with just letting you talk about your heart around the culture that you want to have within your company with your employees, but also the people that you serve, you know, the customers that you have, and the the experience they have, and. Um, I mean, there's so many ways we could take this, but, uh, 
just um, tell me a little bit about your history in terms of your walk with the Lord and, and when you first encountered the scriptures and what that what that early experience was like and then I'd love to know more about what that experience is like today. Okay, and I'll I'll ask questions as we go, but Okay. Yeah. Um I'll try to get through this quick so we can dig in. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um so I grew up in uh, a small town south of Houston, Lake Jackson. Um, my mom was a children's minister. Okay. Uh, my dad was a police officer. Uh, both of them did that for pretty much their whole career. Um, we, my family experienced some fracture um, a couple different times. Um, so up until the time I was nine, um, kind of raised in the church and was very much around, you know, this culture. Mm-hmm. Um, um, at the time that they split, my my uh, mom was still on staff. Um, there was a bit of a, and not a falling out, but it, uh, um, the resolve of that divorce and my dad leaving was not uh, the funnest thing to go through. I'll mm-hmm. just leave it at that and, and how I felt. I mean, and this is only my experience, my perspective of how, you know, my parents and the church kind of handled it. Hmm. Uh, that, while I had had a lot of roots in in Christianity and in the Bible and exposure to it, and, and really had felt like in the teen year, early teen years, that um, I had experienced God and like, oh, this is this is what life is about. Um, I feel like I understood that Jesus was my savior. Um, at that point, um, I really walked away from God and my walk was still, I was still probably like a lot of people out there. I called myself a Christian, but there was no evidence of surrender or willingness, mm. dependency on God in my life. It was very self will focused, like my will, this right. is what's going to be done. Um, that's what, you know, kind of, took me to Nashville and um, so there was a, so the, how long did that season last that was until I was 18 so we're talking 9 to 18 yeah yeah 9 9 so the first time my dad left was 9 he came back and then left again when I was 13 14 so, so. just some huge formative years yeah wow yeah formative years kind of navigating some uh, some difficult times and then trying to understand how everything that the people in the church and that what the Bible had told me, like, well, how then in real life, hmm. when these things go down, how do I, how do I make sense of those together? And as a, a young teenager, just didn't. <laughs> well, and, and like the, the, the phrase you just said in real life. So there's this sense sometimes I think when the world's crashing down on us, we go, yes, this Christianity thing and what the Bible talks about is great in theory. But when, when I hurt and when other people hurt me and my world is shattered, can this stuff really help me? Mm-hmm. Can this make sense of things? Or we start to go to, can I trust God? Mm-hmm. Because his people, these Christians, they're treating me a certain way that doesn't seem like they're supposed to, but maybe maybe I misunderstood, right? So... Man, okay. Yeah, uh, not not really a firm foundation. I didn't yeah. I didn't have a firm foundation. So when the rains kind of came, like, yeah, man, I was shook. Mm-hmm. Um and I kind of spiraled. Um 
drugs, alcohol, kind of just everything self, you know, um, fulfilling that I could do is like, oh, I'm just going to do that. I mean, the whole career, you know, to music was like, I want people, I was just looking for this like affection and affirmation. Mm. And, and so, but I, you know, praise God today, he wasn't, that wasn't my whole story. Right. Um, and so I remember this as if it was yesterday and as vivid as anything in my life. And everybody out there, you just, I know you don't really know me. Um, I, I try my best not to like embellish things. I try to be authentic and be real. Um, this is going to sound uh, a little bit out there, but I'm going to need you to hang with me. So I am living in one of the roughest parts of Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Um, I'm living with a guy I've n- only recently met. Hmm. Um, I'm 18 years old. I'm as broke as you can, as as broke as you can be. I'm like having to pawn things that I own to buy food. I have wow. no money. Um, I have this really crummy apartment with this fella, and um, I remember one night going in to lay on my air mattress <laughs> in my room no kidding true story i go and lay on my air mattress in my room and i it's like i know that i hadn't fallen asleep yet i had just laid down and um and i remember this because like i had gotten up go use the restroom and it's like okay i just kind of laid back down and I clo- and it was almost like as soon as I closed my eyes, I felt this hand with a couple fingers over my eyelids. And it kind of like startled me a little bit. And I, I heard a voice say, hey. And it was almost like, what was that? That time that you hear a voice that's not something that is your right. mind. It's like... I was like, hey, I was like, what the world? And I shook it off and then I heard it again. Hey. And I kind of like, you know, opened my eyes. I was like, what was that? I'm like looking around. I close my eyes again and I hear the voice say, are you ready? And those fingers on my eyes, all of a sudden, everything became as bright white light as I can imagine. And it's just, it was like it was at the foot of my bed and I was trying to open my eyes and these fingers were just holding my eyes shut. And in that moment, I remember everything up until that point flashing before my eyes. It's like, this is it. That question, are you ready? Is like, this. something's, happen- something's happening and I'm gone because this is not right. Something's not right. And it felt like it lasted eternity. I was like thinking of everything I had been taught and everything that I was living my life that was a complete lie. Hmm. And I was like, oh man, I can't believe that is the way it's going to end. And I was just seeing all of these clips super fast. And then I opened my eyes and I jumped up (laughs) and I, uh, I jumped out of bed and I was just really shook and I was like, I I was trying to make sense of what happened. So yeah. I got out, you know, a piece of paper and I just wrote everything down that I had remembered of what, what happened. Right. And I will never forget like that moment. Um, the funny thing is, is that it wasn't until a week later 
when I was going to go drinking with some buddies. You would think that this experience would have like... Oh, yeah. Immediately sobered. Immediately everything yeah. like, Lord, I'm yours. But I was so spun. I was like, what was that? I was like trying whatever. I go and hmm. um, with some drinking buddies and they're like, hey, yeah, let's go drinking. And one of them said, man, my girlfriend, I told her I was going to go to this church thing first. I was like, dude, come on. I was like, all right, we'll go that, and then we'll go out drinking afterwards. And so I went to that. Uh, I was at Bethel Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and I don't remember who the guy's name was, but it was some special event, and he it was one of the guys that just stood up, and he gave his testimony. And I remember him saying, "I, my life was a lie. I was living a lie. And it was almost like in that moment, the Holy Spirit just washed over me. And I, I just remember feeling this sense of like, your life is no longer the same. From this moment, your life is completely and radically changed. And there was, there was all of a sudden this willingness to give everything. Yeah. And so at the end, of course, like most churches, they have an invitation and they right. say, come down. Come on forward. So I, I, I go down there and the guy's like, you know, trying to like talk. I'm like, bro, you don't even know. <laughs> I, this is. I just need to. I just needed to come down here as a symbol to all of these guys and to myself that I am laying myself at this altar. And I'm sure everything I spit at this guy, he was like, whoa. <laughs> but oh, um, I lost most of my friends. Yeah. In Nashville, Tennessee, at that time, and I, I openly told him, guys, I am no longer the same. I don't know what has happened, but um, God has changed me from the inside out, and I just, uh, I don't know what life looks like for me. So we may be friends, we may not, but this is me now. No and um, most of them weren't really cool with it, and so yeah. uh, that was fine. And but I remember driving around by myself, thinking, I don't have a friend in this city, I don't have any money. But man, I am just so in love with this word that has transformed me. Um, the crazy thing is at this point in my life, in one of my journal entries like less than a year ago, I remember reflecting on those words, are you ready? And I, I in that moment, it, you know, God kind of spoke to me and said like, hey, I wasn't telling you, are you ready to die? I was saying, are you ready for the crazy adventure I'm about to take you on? Yeah, are you ready to live? That's right. Oh, wow. And I was like, let's go. Oh, that's that's powerful. So, oh, that's yeah, there's a whole lot of ups and downs in between that time and now, but that was when the spark of the Holy Spirit started in me and this kind of initial kind of love and desire to really dig into the word started. And so for you, the interesting thing is that your situation did not change immediately, right? You're mm-hmm. still dirt poor, living yeah. with some dude in an apartment, <laughs> pawning stuff to, to make ends meet, to eat food. However, your disposition, your joy was completely radically different because you now had an understanding about yourself and about the God of the universe and his love. And that, but nothing in your world changed immediately. Like you didn't all of a sudden look in your bank account and have like a couple hundred thousand dollars and you're like, okay, we're good. But your ability to have joy in that situation was directly related to your ability to understand who Christ is Mm -hmm. and your submission to him. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I have to give, um, I'm not sure if my brother or sister will listen to this, but I have to give them a lot of thanks and gratitude. I know that as I was spiraling, they were both praying for me and yeah. um, have been really faithful um, reminders of the gospel, mm-hmm. even e- even through all of it. And even now, like we have just incredible relationship, the three of us, um, all, you know, centered on the word and Amen. what God's done in our lives. So, okay. Well, so now, now that, I mean, that was, that was a few years ago, but now you have been walking with the Lord for a while in your kind of, in an ideal setting, what does your time in the word look like? What does it consist of? Um, time of day sure is there a spot that you, is your spot right is there a, so now like this moment like this morning yeah like okay. what what does it look yeah, like because it's how def- regular is it that yeah kind of it's definitely been different over the years as i'm sure for you and yeah. other people out there in seasons of life um so right now i can say um as so i've moved into this kind of ceo role which changes your brain man mm-hmm. <laughs> it really does i do things now that i would have never thought i would ever do so i am very regimented very disciplined and organized in my time and time batching is like this is very structured because you have to be because you have to be um and also i feel a, a, a huge sense of freedom within that structure hmm. it's like man i need my brain to be able to focus on things deeply and not just be bouncing around so mm-hmm. the structure allows me to do that um, I can say I don't wake up and brush my teeth first thing. That's just crazy. <laughs> crazy people do that. So sick. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, just speak kidding. Love truth, you, brother. Um, so right now, um, this looks like I wake up at 530 in the morning. Um, I spend, and I, I won't go too far on this. I spend the first before I have anything to drink before I do anything, but maybe go to the restroom. Um, I spend 10 minutes of, uh, focused meditation and all that is to me in the same way that you, um, warm up your muscles before you go run a marathon. This is me trying to exercise my mind muscles. So when I need to focus on the things I need to focus on, those neural pathways yeah. and those those muscles are really strengthened because um, that happens in all, all the time, yeah, whether it's the word or work or everything. Just So I, I spend that time and really before I start that, I pray like during that time, Lord, my subconscious mind that has been active all night and my conscious mind, like if there's ways that you can help reveal things to me, uh, that would be great. But I'm going to I'm just going to sit here for 10 minutes and I'm going to follow my breath up and down and follow my breath up and down. So I do that. Um, I drink decaf coffee, which I know is a sin. I'm sorry, but I, I don't drink caffeine. So I, I drink decaf, but I'd like to have a warm drink. Yeah. Um, I did used to drink coffee. So, and I had that habit. So I'll get a, you know, a nice cup of decaf. Um, I do have a spot. Okay. In, in my house um, that's kind of uh, everybody's asleep which is why I love the morning because it's like no everything's still uh, kids are sleeping Leslie's still asleep um, I go to my chair with my warm decaf um, and I I use um, currently I use the ESV uh, translation but I use uh, John MacArthur's 
um, Grace to You Study Bible yeah. uh, on my phone, which I just discovered this probably six months ago, and it has been a tremendous resource. Yeah. Um, you can click on the verses, and it kind of shows you different notes from his sermons, or you can go to even more related resources and it'll say, listen to a sermon on this passage, okay. which yeah. I'll, I'll listen to those from MacArthur who I love. So, um, as far as like what I'm studying, uh, in the morning, this is an every morning thing. So um, every morning and you have a reading plan, like there's a, a cadence to what you do. So yeah, this is an every morning thing. Um, minus, Sometimes Saturdays and Sundays, my time in the Word just looks a little different because I'm not up super early. Right. Uh, I am on Sundays because I do like a long run on Sunday, so I kind of have to get up early. But Saturdays, I kind of just spend that same time, but on the back porch, and it just looks a little different. Um, I'm a part of a men's Bible study, um, and we have been through a lot of different... Okay, Does that meet same time of the week? Wednesday morning. It's It's... It's part of a missional community group through our church, Austin Stone. Um, and the rhythm of life is we have a group week. We have a girls meet week because a lot of us have kids. So like instead of having to get a babysitter every single week, right. it's like everybody meets, including kids. Girls meet, just the girls, to like stu- or to discuss the verse that we're studying. And then the guys meet to do the same thing. And so uh, what we shifted to uh, probably six months ago, which has been one of the best things that I've experienced as far as the word, is uh, one of the leaders of the group will send the passage that we're going to study. And we have three weeks to study it. Okay. So this is so different because in the past I've done like, okay, well, let's talk about this for, uh, for today. And the next day I'll do a different devotion and then a different devotion. And I'm all over the place, which can right. serve a purpose. But what we decided was to go narrow and deep. And so is it a, we're going to go through a book of the Bible at a time kind of cadence or whoever picks that verse for those, that three week period of study, it's could be anything. It really could be anything. There's, there's some sense of guidance from the stone that um, okay. is happening. But really, yeah, it could be anything. And at this point, I'm like, since we've started this, I have learned more about context and authors and original language and because I'm actually taking the time to study it and engage the mind, which is what I've learned is that the heart will follow the mind. If, If I engage my mind and actually study like, well, why did he say this? Well, it's usually my my heart has been stirred to like, oh, I, I can't wait to do this. Right. There's the affection that follows. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I've learned, I've just, I think I've shared some things with you about like, man, I thought that that verse in James meant this. And then I studied it and I was like, I, I was totally wrong. Mm-hmm. So then it makes me just even more humble in my approach to the word and how I speak about it. Cause it's like, well, I, I think this is right. 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 <laughs> um, and so, uh, so I've really enjoyed that. Um, and for anybody out there that's listening that, uh, cause we do have guys in our group that have kind of been in more of a season of, man, that desire is just not there. I want to study the word, right. but it's not there. I would submit to take one passage and engage your mind and study it, study everything you can about it and be patient, wait on the Lord. Because I feel like sometimes it's been two and a half weeks 
and God will like show me something about the verse that I've been reading this thing every morning for two and a half weeks and I've never seen that until right now. Yeah. Um, I went through a season where I would read a book of the Bible in the morning, usually a shorter letter of Paul's or something, and I would read through it 30 times before I'd move on. So my morning devotional times was spent, like I was getting ready to preach a series through Titus, the book of Titus, uh, one of the letters in the New Testament. And so I sat every morning and I would read through it in its entirety and just read the whole thing and journal and kind of just process it, pray. And then the next day I'd read it again. And every time there would be something that I'm like, I didn't even notice that yesterday. I wonder what that, and then all of a sudden spending that, that long period now is opening up understanding about other things that Paul has written and phrases he uses. And I'm just so much more familiar with his, his kind of cadence, the way he talks, the words he uses. And so, yeah, I can totally appreciate that approach. I think we too, it, it should be said that we do live in a society that is in a culture, even within a Christian culture that is very, emotionally experience driven. Yeah. And so sometimes when we come to a church and that emotional experience is not there or, or we sit with the word and that emotional experience is not there. Um, it kind of changes our perspective on that thing. Oh, I'm not going to go to that church cause that wasn't, you know, I, I, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that you, once we get the perspective of, well, this is true whether we feel moved by it in this moment or not, it's truth. And and when we just sit with the truth and we study it and we engage it and we wrestle with it, I think that the emotion and the heart follows. All right. Um, so one last thing to book in that uh, routine that I think is important. After after I do that, I do spend, I have a prayer list of things that I just spend some time really just kind of being still and trying to listen and, you know, like leave these requests before mm-hmm. the Lord. Um but then I work out. Okay. I think that that... You go for the run or you... Yeah, some, okay. you know, some kind of you know, run or um, you know, cardio, lift weights, whatever, right. weight training. But there's... And I don't know what it is. Maybe you can enlighten me. But I feel like there's something between the mind and the body and the spirit that we try to separate them into different things, but I feel like, man, they are so connected in Absolutely. so many ways. Yeah, And so I kind of, the, you know, the thing that I try to do every day is nourish my mind, my body, and my spirit every single morning. Yeah. The ancients would talk about, like, it goes back to like Plato, Aristotle, um, this idea that the human, like the human soul is comprised of the mind, emotion, and will. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes kind of, metaphorically depicted as the head, the chest, and the stomach, right? And so that there was this, the head portion, right? Our thoughts, uh, our reasoning, our logic, that kind of thing. And then there was our belly, which was our, our desires, our passions, the things that we you know wanted and, and the urges, oftentimes known as the table and the bed, right? These drives, these uh, appetites. And then there was the heart and that was the place of courage. That was the decision to do things. And it was identified that that was kind of the intermediary between the head and the belly. And That's so good. C.S. Lewis, he, he talks about it in, um, he, he wrote a book as he was kind of 
lamenting the educational system of Great Britain in the 40s. He wrote a book called The Abolition of Man. And C.S. Lewis was a, a professor and philosopher and um, theologian and Christian apologist. He would give a defense for, the, for Christianity. But he talked about that the educational system was producing men without chests. Mm. And it's a, it's a famous line. And what he is articulating there is that, uh, that the, the modern educational system was very good at, at creating the thought life and creating kind of this this the responding to the urges or the desires but what was lacking were men that were willing to do something with their desire and their knowledge to do the right thing and so we were we were having a society of men without chests right men without heart to go do and uh and so yeah a fantastic essay um but there is a connection between the head the heart the belly the the, the spirit, the physical, you know, all of these, the mind, emotion, will, all of those are definitely integral, you know, with who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, that there is a non-physical part of our existence, our soul, as well as our body, but you can't, you know, focus on one and forsake the other. They're deeply tied to each other. So yeah. that went uh, in a whole direction I had no idea we would go. That's so good though, man. Uh, this and, is why you guys listen to this podcast for this right here. <laughs> If uh, I lived in Georgetown, dude, I would be dude, like we're not that on, far. We, we yeah, I we're on be, the verge of hanging out a lot. Yeah, I feel. Um, anyway, so let's let's take and let's read. Let's, let's do, do this thing that we came to do.